are listening to Impact Hustlers and I am your host, Michael Schaffrath. I've made it my mission to inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs to solve some of the world's biggest social and environmental problems. And for this reason, I am speaking to some of the best entrepreneurs out there who are solving problems such as food waste, climate change, poverty and homelessness. My goal is that Impact Hustlers will inspire you either by starting an impact business yourself, by joining the team of one, or by taking a small step, whatever that may be, towards being part of the solution to the world's biggest problems. I'm really delighted to have Shitrish, an old friend from my Waira times. He was one of the passionate and enthusiastic entrepreneurs. So it's really good to have you back and meet you again and have you on Impact Hustlers, Shitrish. Thank you so much, Marco. And I love to say the same, one of the nicest person and the most humble people I've seen. So I'm delighted to, you know, get a chance to speak to you once again. And hopefully we keep in contact and we grab a beer when we are Let's do that. I'd love to give everybody a bit of an introduction of your entrepreneurial journey. I think you're really a purebred entrepreneur from people that I've met. You started your first business when you were 19, I believe. Tell us about that first business and then how it evolved, how you continued your entrepreneurial journey throughout the years until now starting Refine. I think you put it in a nice way, but in short, people who are unemployable, they have to start very quickly to do their own. So that's really what happened to me. In 19, while doing university, I had a lot of friends, you know, learning and figuring out the coding and so on. And just happened to connect the dots and get them working on an IT outsource company. So we used to do website and digital marketing, not so relevant and scaled as it is today and we were doing with a lot of hospitality sector and ended up bragging one of the government projects in the uk and during my journey with masters i scaled the company and the company has been going for 10 odd years so we we are a simple it outsource company that will take projects in the uk and outsource back in the indian team so that was my first company and while doing my master my dissertation become the next company where we were working on a different project and one thing led to another and swipey was born swipey was uh, one of the leading customer loyalty firm we were catering to 2000 plus brands across the country we had 1.3 million user and it became one of the fastest growing customer loyalty firm i led the company as the ceo and founder for seven odd years and one of the dream was to come back to india because there was never the plan to be in the UK. One thing led to another. And uh, I, I really see that seven years as a great learning lesson. Uh, the company has grown, has become stronger, and has been still be going. And I'm delighted to still be a co-owner of the company while I get into my third venture. Amazing. We'll get into uh, Refine very shortly. Uh, but with Swipey, you actually started out as a loyalty card for nightclubs. Is that right? Is that the initial? You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised you um, remember that. That was that used to be the time we used to knock the bars in nightclubs. Hey, yeah. will you take a CRM? Got it. And I think your approach uh, as an entrepreneur has always been not necessarily having perfection from day one, but getting started, making sure that you validate the problem, you get going. How did you approach that at Swipey? And then we'll talk about Refine in a second as well. How, how did you approach getting started in the early days? Yeah, I, I definitely agree that. I think that has been the DNA integrated and mentored to me from my early mentors, that growth and early adoption and early 
sales in 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 real pounds and and dollar is more important than trying to have a very polished strategy if you have something really polished you're already too late in the market so i think velocity has been one of the key things if you have an idea go out there get it people show it to people if people are ready to pay you dollars you got something right that's the perspective i took at swipey and and that worked out really well early years swipey grew really rapidly in just the first one and a half years we had closed our first seed funding from the likes of local globe close to 2 million pounds and and that led to us catering to 2000 brands making one of the fastest sme loyalty program not so much for night clubs it we found that this kind of product works out for a wider industry so we started to with our tag long long live local we wanted to bring the technology used by the big boys like of sainsbury tesco to the more local businesses give them the power of marketing and crm and give them a chance to fight back and understand their customer better and i think if we had delayed dwelling too much time on trying to polish the idea it would have been too late so i think yes we did go through few pivot from an hardware position business to a completely cloud mobile only app so it was been a quite a journey from growing up hardware business so rapidly and then pivoting to a mobile app so it was quite interesting days let's uh, move on to uh, refine and how you actually started tell us about yeah your early days with refine what problem does refine solve and how did you start out with refine fantastic i think we are still in the early days so anything i say is very early on anyways right i think the beauty about refine is so when i came to india i actually peter is a good friend from waystream i really was very humble and it's quite inspiring to see how they've grown the business and when i was trying to figure out 27 ideas for india it's just fa- felt that ewa was the best uh, on demand pay was the best idea suited for a country like india for loads of different reason country like india is huge right in terms of population and at mass is credit staff because lack of credit scoring which has pushed in past 3 years people getting into a lot of debt traps because of lack of other credit products which also constitute because of the lack of credit scores the mass which is the majority of the people who have low credit score or no credit score they are not the focus of the premium banks and they land with microfinancers and payday lenders and loan sharks and what i found in india is that in order for the masses to you know access that kind of they have to pretty much sell their soul we have seen interest being charged as as high as 300 400% and we really think that there was a big gap in the market where people could use their earned salary to you know resolve most of their mid month crisis we surveyed like 1000 people and found that 86% of people who have taken microfinancing could have resolved their mid month crisis by just having the salary they had worked for but because they didn't have that they were forced to take more money than they needed for a much longer period of time and the thing that worried me the most is none of them really understand the consequences of it right they didn't even know what the processing cost meant and that was because of lack of personal budget you know how to do personal budgeting and what personal finance really means it's never taught in the schools or universities or colleges mm-hmm. is something that you learn over a period of time and that's how refine was born we did a lot of thorough research we spoke to a lot of hrs a lot of mds cfos of the world to really understand the gap companies which are 1000 plus employees it's really hard for them to change the structure that has been going for 5 or 7 decades you know people are paid end of the month 30 days somewhere there are as bad as 45 days and it's very hard to turn the ship even though the intentions are right right even though the company wants to help them it's really hard because the working capital 
and cash flow is put in a particular way and the technology stack has been put in a way. So it's really hard for them to turn the ship and allow people to access their earning anytime. And uh, it's weird and funny at the same way. Ironically, I would say that we are in 21st century where we can call a cab at a press of a button. We can call for food at a press of a button, but we still have to wait for our wages and salary till 30 days or 45 days. So there has to be some sort of a disruption filling a gap. And that's how Refine was born. And we believe one thing very strongly at heart that fintech can be really defined in one word and it's called trust, right? And the trust factor in a country like India, what we found is much more with an employer than even a bank. People tend to trust their employers even more than the bank. So it made a lot of sense to go through the employer to the employee to get initial validation and and belief by the employees. And that's how Refine was born, which is, Again, a B2C business. Got it. Let's focus on the specifics in India. You already mentioned Peter Briffitt's business, WageStream. And yeah. Peter was actually on Impact Hustlers, I think, in one of the first few episodes. It must have been seven, eight, something like that. I'll make sure to link it in the show notes. And I think there were probably about six, seven people in the business at the time when I interviewed Peter. And I think now yeah. it must be hundreds, I think. Obviously, their battle cry has always been to destroy the payday loans industry. In the UK, a lot of people uh, probably still know Wonga, which went bankrupt, I guess, thankfully. And I guess the payday, payday loans industry is a real issue in the UK and you just mentioned in India it's very similar but let's focus a little bit more on the problem specifically in India having lived both in the UK and India how do you think it's different or more severe why is India such an interesting market for this versus anywhere else in the world I think the closest uh, similarity we have is just the model where the challenges are at different level. Though Peter is a better looking founder than me, I'll give him that. But but Peter has been what Peter has created is very inspiring. The team has created something really amazing out there in the UK, and that's a lot of validation. And from an Indian market, I think Indian market is a lot different than a market like UK or a market like US, just because of the access of credit data on people, right? UK, you cannot be someone who cannot be found on Experian or Equifax, right? You are likely gonna, no matter which, whether you're a daily wager or a, a salary person, doesn't matter which category, you will have the basic credit scoring in place. Wherein when you come to India, you're surprised. Where majority of people are still very new to credit. And when you're so new to credit, it's really hard for the premium banks. The banks, which are pretty much, it feels like the banks are for the class above were at the prime class right and for the majority they are in the hands of again as i said you know money lenders and loan sharks so i think there is a greater problem here to solve it's not just about giving them access to earned wages and that's it right there's a bigger problem it's helping people understand what personal budgeting means what really personal finances means right what does income and expense means right india as a country is known to see humongous growth on consumption side however the income has not grew with the same you know growth levels as their consumption and clearly people are spending more than they're making there was days when our parents will make hundred dollars they'll save 80 and spend 20 people are spending 150 today 180 today and this is bound to push them into a debt trap because with the nbfc uh, the microfinancing and the payday lending model the credit is accessible to them to, I would say, a lot majority, but they don't understand the cost of that credit. And to a point, there has been 
hundreds of cases of people going in mental depression, suicidal cases where people had to pay six times uh, or, or I've seen people being charged 500 plus percent interest on the amount they have taken. So clearly the regulators are starting to see that and there are going to be more regulated part and they're tightening things up. But this wave is very new in India, right? It's in only past three years that the market has seen that flush of cash coming from these lenders because they all see this as a big market. They understand the default rate is high, 15, 18%, but the return of investment and capital they're getting is, is much higher for them to be. So it's almost like, you are penalizing the ones who are with good behavior for the bad behavior. So it's very broken model. And, and it's if you actually try to figure out what is the core of that, it's lack of data. It's lack of people earning data. It's lack of people spending data. It's basically lack of credit scoring, right? And that is one big challenge in India where I think EWA is a pathway. It's never been a destination. While, as you rightly said, UK waste streams of all kill the payday lenders and loan shark and so on. In our case, we have to do that plus make sure people are getting educated of personal mm -hmm. finances and create some sort of a back end scoring. Like when they interact with us, we want to make sure we are using their data, obviously, with all the consent and follow all the protocols, but using the data for helping them create a better score of these individuals which will then allow them to access and get into the financial system and access better financial products such as insurance, positive debt, microinvestments, saving, which is unknown to them. Got it. So you're almost a bit of a credit reference agency in disguise or at least collecting some of the data to be able to offer other financial products in the future. Is that right? Yeah, I think EWA is a pathway, right? So when we partner with the employers, we are getting these employees to access the earning. We are, we, are, we are continuously monitoring how they're doing with regularity of work. Data that matters. How I behaved three years back with a bank doesn't, shouldn't tell me what I'll be doing in the next two years. It's how I behave where the income is generated. And that's my place of work. Mm -hmm. So it's how people are re regular, how their income trends are regular, right? And how that has been working. And, and soon we'll allow people to start spending through our app, which is very different to other players as in the uh, EWA industry. But that gives us more data on people to be used only and only for them, never to for anything else, but help them get a better scoring. You could call it a way to create another scoring, but it's too soon to comment on how that will shape up. Will it be... Uh, a platform base which will allow people to access other or will we also be punching in the investing into getting them better prices and tailored products financial product but i think we are on that pathway right it's Got to it. get people educated give them access to earning help them understand that your income should be about savings too and your spending mm -hmm. should be below this the income level and you need to just manage your personal finances better so it's simplifying right how they see their money how they save their money how they spend their money so i think it's all about personal money personal finances but simplifying it in a way that they can understand i think that is very critical in a market like india mm -hmm that you need to understand the TG here, the profile. People are just getting ready for the Digital India initiative. So I think it couldn't be a perfect time. It just couldn't be a perfect time. The mobile data, the smartphones, the access of educational information is consumed in far bigger numbers than it would have been ever in India before. So I think mm -hmm. it's a perfect time to have a product like this in the market now. 
do, do you see that workers in specific sectors or specific companies across certain sectors more interested in than others? Or are, are there specific sectors that you're starting with right now or focused on? You're absolutely right. I think this uh, product is going to appeal to people, the the masses, the people who are making under 75,000 rupees, which is close to, uh, I think, 750 pounds per month. And it's it gets bigger and better and more accessible and more interesting as it numbers keeps going down because these people just are not on the financial radar. They're, they just have no data on them. They just are unaware of what's good for them or what's bad for them or what does even finance means. So it's getting to those people. And to give you some example, it's people in constructions, it's people in pro production houses, it's hospitality sector, it's airlines, it's hotels and restaurants and food industry, FMCG, distribution, I think the list keeps going on. So I think a simplified to explain is wherever there is a large fleet of people, thousand plus, it seems to be a good fit because there's bound to be a lot of people under that income bracket. India is so huge uh, and India is very different shape and forms in different states and cities. But you're going to find this these employees in humongous numbers across the country. So definitely a challenge to reach and make sure that everyone understands the importance of personal finance and personal budgeting. Got it. So my next question would be zooming a little bit in on uh, your business model. In that space, I've seen like various iterations of business models, where sometimes uh, companies charge a small fee to people withdrawing the salary, sometimes companies charge the companies that they sell to and essentially you're partnering with employers to give their employees access to their salaries but i think also at the same time it doesn't actually require the employer to pay out the salary physically early so there's some sort yeah, of sorry. credit line that you're helping them arrange tell us how this all works and how you actually make money at the end of the day fantastic I, I, it seems like you've done enough work on this that you you're ready to pitch this idea to us now so he seems to have known this well you're absolutely right it's a very simplified model where we partner with the employers and we have an agreement in place which allows us because the employers buy into it so heavily that they promote the product as a financial well-being product which is what we are and it allows employees and it's very simple the employee gets access to refine app promoted by the employer and by our launch team and these employees then are simply able to sign up to the app and actually tangibly see their real-time salary on daily basis and depending on whatever percentage the employer has set depending on the you know seniority of the employee the restrictions are set pre-automated and it keeps the beauty is it, it improves over time as you stay with the company longer so it's almost like a great motivational tool too so on an average we give 40 40 access to their own salaries so if i work for 10 days and my salary is 300 I can access 10 days worth of dollars, uh, 40% of that instantly from the app. And the biggest differentiator is that it is done in less than two minutes. It's instant, right? When you need your own salary, there's no bureaucracy, there's no paperwork, there's no waiting time. It is all done digitally and hits your bank account in less than two minutes. So you can choose between wallet or or, or the bank account and our you know, back end will transfer the money instantly. And that money is auto-deducted at the time of payroll reconciliation towards the end of the month. And, and we, find, we, we follow a simple approach that at the first month we launch slightly manual process. By the third month, we are fully automated with the employer. So there's simply no manual work or no tech changes or no change in payroll is required. However, in between the month, as you rightly said, it's funded by us. 
which we get back uh, on time with the uh, employees partnership. Got it. Yeah, on the revenue side, just to answer your question, we like ourselves to, we want, one of the big challenges we have is for the market to understand that we are not a credit business. We're not another credit business. We're not a personal loan business, rather. So I think the biggest challenge in India, because personal personal financiers, gold loan shards, payday lenders have done so much damage and so much brainwashing that it's really important for us for them to understand it's a new category salary atm where your balances goes up as you work every day right is people to understand that you're not going to be charged any emi you don't have to pay this in emi you're not going to be charged any interest you're not going to be charged any processing fee it's completely interest free it's all digital no paperwork and all you are charged is a simple transaction fee, which is slab based, which can be as low as 19 cents. And depending on the transaction slab, if you're taking $120, $30, a particular transaction fee, which is very nominal in nature. Mm -hmm. So I think that has allowed us to get a very good traction in the market where users find it very simple. They know what they're going for. They know what the charge is going to be, and they know when the money is going to hit the market. It's trying to keep it as simple as possible for the end user. Got it. And we spoke about it. It's still relatively early days, but you actually have quite a bit of traction already. You're live with a bunch of customers. Tell us how long have you been working on this? Where are you at right now? And also tell us about your funding round that you're actually in the process of closing right now. Absolutely. No, no I, I think one thing we are super delighted and excited how welcoming the market has been. So we launched this in December 2020 and it's just four to five months. And in four to five months, we've already seen signing up over hundreds of businesses that give us access to 300,000 plus employees. Last month alone, we launched 15,000. The next two months are seeing launching of another 30,000. So we have already signed up these businesses. So 300,000 is going to be live in the next six months. There are a few big contracts which are in the final stage which give us access to 2 million employees and we are very excited about it and I'm sure soon it'll be out in media which gives us access to a much wider pool in a very short period of time and we are delighted that brands like Cars24, Rebel Food, some of the amazing brands known across the sector is using us and one thing that has been very cool is that we have a very diversified portfolio. So it's not cornered with a particular sector, right? It's very diversified across vertical from BPOs to hospitals, to hotels, to restaurants, to so many other different type of businesses, which has really given us a very good understanding of different models. And geographically too, one thing we are very proud of is that most of the companies focus on tier one and then think about tier two. We have a very distributed flow of growth in tier one and tier two cities and tier two cities are usually the ones that have huge manufacturing sector clients and so on so we made sure that we are geographically uh, distributed so we're hoping to be at a half a million by end of this year and we have a clear sight on it and we are super excited that that will be a game changer for for 500,000 people's life and they'll be able to hopefully understand personal finances uh, even better some so prominent investors in as well to support that mission yes, now yes Tell so we are delighted that. to partner with some amazing and very supportive investors and people who know this industry inside out so uh, we had closed our uh, seed funding in december last year with the uh, lead investor being qd venture which has resolved investors in the survey stream. 
they are probably the most prominent in EWA space. They have invested in four different markets, which helps us a lot because we can cross-check and learn a lot from their experience. Mm-hmm. And that is really handy. From founder to other founder, if you can find an investor who knows this space, it's usually super helpful. And they have been anything that like crazy helpful, very operationally helpful. Same with other investors, XYZ, Ross Fubini, Dan Jones, XYZ Capital, very hands-on investors. And we had no plans to do another funding. So it's soon going to be out in the media. But in just four months, I think the growth has been amazing. And the team, I think the, the core reason for our success, secret sauce is culture and team. I think those are the two biggest secret sauce, which is not so secret. People fail to uh, value it. And we have just been very focused on that. And uh, we, have, we are just closing a 16 million Series A led by DSD and RTP. So th- those are the two new brands that will be joining. And I think we are pretty ready with the rocket ship with these uh, amazing investors who have done this before. There's already enough help. So I think capital is not the worry. The worry is how can we make sure the product is delivered in the fashion that people understand it and continue to scale at the speed we are at, if not wow. beyond that. Amazing. <laughs> I thought I saw a wage stream moving fast, but you seem to be racing them for sure. <laughs> that is great. It's so, a race. Enjoy yeah, it. <laughs> absolutely. Let's focus on some of the lessons learned throughout your journey. And it doesn't have to be only focused on Refine, but throughout your different ventures you've been involved with. We have early stage social entrepreneurs listening to this, people that care about solving social and environmental problems. And they may be at a level where they're looking at different ideas and they're about to start a business. So somebody like you that's already started multiple business can really give some valuable advice. What would you say has been one of the biggest lessons learned in your entrepreneurial journey? And maybe also painful lesson, anything that you did, didn't come easily to you, you had to learn over time. Absolutely. Firstly, I'm honored and delighted that people of that kind of profile, soon to be founder, already early stage founder will be listening to this. So thank you so much, Marco. I think this is very important for the ecosystem. And the fact that people are thinking about starting up, no matter which you know social cause you are associated or trying to build something is brilliant. So kudos to you, whoever is watching and listening. If you've done that, you're already doing amazing, right? I think in my three different parts journey, I have had loads of lesson and i think you'll need uh, several days podcast to commit but i'll i'll try to point out the bigger learnings i think every day is a great learning like when you try to do something your own you just hands-on in every aspect of the business so you get the knowledge of marketing you get knowledge of logistics operations technology and so on right in first venture in it outsource i learned making money was easy but getting sustainable, getting extreme growth and creating a product that is used again and again is tough. In the second business, I learned velocity is key and growing fast is great. But growing fast doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is sustainable growth, right? And I started to understand what sustainable growth meant. Sustainable growth is while it's all about the numbers making sense, the operationals and the back end, front end, all the numbers making sense, top line, bottom line. But more importantly, if you choose to go with the route of velocity where you, you find a product market fit quickly and you grow rapidly, you have to take care of the culture, right? The one thing that's going to take a hit when you grow at a light speed 
is culture, right? And culture is what forms everything that we do in the business. And that has been my biggest learning. And I failed multiple times from moving so fast in hiring 16 people sales team, thinking that hiring a sales team is enough to get from one growth A station to growth B station. And it's a lot of training. It's a lot of hands-on training, people understanding the framework. People, so That doesn't happen when you're at a velocity. You don't take care you don't have time or you somehow being an early founder and hands on heart, I, I don't mind talking about it. Hands on heart, you do the mistake of not prioritizing that, right? Mm. Because for you, the next month sales number is more important. The next month user numbers are more important and you deprioritize having these alignment chats, alignment exercising, culture rituals, and they take a backseat and, and you forget that they are the engines of growth. That is what is going to add sustainability to growth. And that is the one biggest learning I can say. Guys, whoever is watching me, you're going to hear a lot about culture, especially as you've done hundreds of postcards. Is It's a very loosely used term these days in the industry. Everyone's talking about it in a very loose term. But question is, what does culture mean? And, and I think our head of marketing, Pushkina, defines it the best way. Culture is how and what you do when no one's watching. And that's very deep, right? You need to create a culture which is blame-free. You allow people to fail. You allow them to fail fast and you learn from mistake. And it's a very self-evolving piece. And for whatever we have achieved in four or five months, looks like a great achievement for a company, but really it took me 10 years to come (laughs) to achieve what we achieve in four months. It's what I learned and what I failed in 10 years of my journey, what I managed to achieve in the last, and more importantly, it's the team that made it achieve, right? It's our focus on the culture. It's hiring the smartest people, being very stringent. You'll delay your processes, uh, hiring processes. It's okay. You want to make sure you're hiring the people for a longer period of time, allowing them a platform to progress, do things in the way they want and they think is the right because it makes no sense hiring a, a partner and then telling them what to do. They should, and it's easily said than done. You've got to yeah. have a lot of patience and investment and making sure you understand. And, and basically it has to be all about alignment. People need to understand what they're working for. And you back connect, setting annualized goals and amazing big, huge numbers and quarterly numbers, great. But how do you back engineer that? And that is done by the wider team, right? That's where it happens. Let's zoom into that for a second. I think that's really valuable advice on the point on culture. I think one point that's probably interesting to look at is it's probably too late worrying about culture once you're already on this fast growth journey, because you're probably not going to have the time to get it right while growing that fast. Did you really sit down early days and really spend a lot of time and attention on getting the culture right first before like saying, okay, now we're going to grow like crazy? That Yeah, that would be my question. Is that one approach to take or how, how do you... And maybe give us some examples, like some concrete examples on how you... maintain a great culture what does it actually mean absolutely that's a very good question michael so when we started refine the two things we were very sure of doing thorough research it took us almost a year to come to a conclusion that this is our hypothesis validate move on validate move on till you have enough sample size to prove that there's a product market for it in a way you will never know till you reach a particular optimum level which may take a year two years maybe several years in 
few business but having those set predefined goals are very critical and you got to be honest to yourself right uh, that is very critical and the second thing is culture uh, when i say culture as i said it's loosely used term but we acted on it from day one one of the reason why for example our head of marketing or few key people joined us we, where we had an idea behind the napkin is because we have culture handbook before even the deck right mm-hmm. we were very clear how this company function because it's a very operational heavy business early on right till you get automation in place you can't automate things without knowing how it will work on a day to day basis so you need to get in a way you need to get your hands dirty till you can start coming clean right because you'll automate based on your learning so one of key things which is again a big piece on our culture is alignment right so we are very simplified okr frameworks in the company so we have very clear okrs annualized okrs and quarterly okrs and every vertical heads uh, they're almost like mini ceos and we have this mini ceos meeting across every week every saturday we come across so it's your annualized okrs your quarterly okrs and that is broken into each team's so when you have at such a high speed it might feel like hey if i spend too much time in documenting these things creating sprint creating trello that's a lot of work but in hindsight those are your booster clarity and alignment are the two critical friends you need on your side when you're moving at this pace because it's so easy for so many projects to fall under the crack for so many people's not knowing because you're hiring so fast and it's so easy for people to forget what the main goal is in day to day race so it's very critical for people to be aligned to why they're doing what they're doing today that is the key question we ask ourselves every stand up if you can answer it you need to speak up right so those frameworks annualized quarterly broken into each team's sprint vertical and having mm-hmm. leadership every uh, saturday to prioritize and deprioritize is very critical it's a framework which might take some time but it's actually not so much time than you would think so there are hundreds of videos and there are amazing bhavan turakya's video on this there are amazing founders video who's talk about it again and again and i wish i knew this 10 years back yeah. i honestly yeah. wish i knew this 10 years back and that has allowed us to keep a very strong grip i i think at any point of time we have 6 to 7 projects working monthly key projects it might sound a lot but it allows us to keep a grip allows us to understand the timeline why it has been prioritized deprioritized because things are getting logged in and it just becomes a habit once and it in, in a way it needs to be first coming from the founders by example and then the leadership by an example mm. so it's again part of call of duty and we make sure that people understand that's critical role uh, for mm. their job a lot of okrs you talked about okrs i've seen are very kind of hard goals maybe some of the things that are in the investor decks and in the expectations of investors in terms of increasing sales building product shipping things do you have okrs around culture or would you recommend is that measurable as well to almost put that on the same level as outcomes like sales and product development stuff like that I think two level answer to that. So firstly we've been blessed to have people who understand the situation because they're so experienced at this industry so they can benchmark our speed. So luckily we don't have that kind of pressure because if people are benchmarking and understand our situation like today what we see in the market is extraordinary. No one would have ever planned for it. A company which is so early on started from work from home and still working work from home for so many clients 
says something about that framework, right? That we are 50 people in so many different locations, pan-India, but our works are being done on time. We are like last quarter, we hit 450% top of all our OKRs. It's because that is marketed that way to everyone. So it doesn't skip anyone's mind. Regarding the culture, you're absolutely right. We, we actually have a framework for culture. We believe culture needs, culture is not, so culture is broken into rituals, right? Mm. It's actually the rituals that needs to be followed as a ritual, as in with the tenacity and, and, and the strictness that it cannot be missed. So for example, I'll give you an example. We have this insane ritual and amazing, we love it, that every new member who comes in, early on when we were starting Refine, we had the first team member, Sumit, he came and joined and no one, like we were moving at a speed at that time that no one actually, someone like we missed to send him a welcome email. And he sent a welcome email to himself and it was so well done we like this is going to be a ritual this is a way and since then every 50 member of our team has sent them themselves a welcome email to remind them for the mission they joined this so any day you feel low or you ask yourself why this happened you can go back to that it's such a small thing but it happens at every and it's sent to everyone right in the company and it just brings a smile and you're super aligned and you know about the person so it solves few things it helps you go back to why you chose it secondly it allows you to give a quick brief intro to everyone in the company so everyone knows without even you know you showing up in the first day and and, and it's just a very casual icebreaker for everyone too uh, second ritual is we have weekly shout outs right so we have Clear six pillars of culture, call of duty, empathy, focusing on most of the things that we say day to day, being respectful. It's a simple word, but just the way you speak to each other makes a big difference. So these six pillars, if anyone even closely relate to whatever they have done, we have a shout out channel. The busiest channel in our Slack is our shout out channel. Like anyone can tag anyone at any point of time for any project. And I think these are the rituals that makes you different. These are the rituals that makes you feel you're being recognized, your work is being recognized, the effort you're putting is moving the bigger ship forward. I think that is the critical piece. And almost it's such a thing that people forget in a country like India where growth DNA, as you rightly said, is so critical that it feels like this can wait. But the moment you let it wait, you've already decided your destiny, I think. So it's very critical. So if uh, someone can learn, I would strongly recommend think about your people strategy. Think about having the smartest people around you and, and bring, and, and I think CEOs and founders job is alignment and delegation and helping leaders prioritize and deep right. Such a good summary. I've got one more question for you and you already uh, outlined some of the speed of which you're actually, uh, at which you're working at, uh, which is just impressive to hear. Um, so it may, may be difficult to answer that question because I'm going to ask you for 10 years timeline, which I think is probably hard to imagine given the speed that you're working at already <laughs> within a few months. But if you think about 10 years uh, from now, how does the world look like if Refine succeeds, if you're making the mission happen that you're working on? This is definitely one of the better questions I've heard about instead of talking about vision. That's really well framed. Uh, I think in 10 years, if we are able to help the masses get into the finance system with some scoring, which represent how they are as individual and how they are at work and give them access to 
other financial product if a worker from a factory who makes $300 a month or $250 a month can access healthcare can access saving and understand micro investments and segregating their in the everyday expenses in a way that they can understand i think we have done the job right and that's why new banks hypothesis and hypothesis came right we're going to be the new era of banks where we're going to personalize everything to you in our case we don't need to be a bank we don't want to call ourselves a bank but if we can help these people in 10 years if they can open an app they can see how their expense have been for every day how they have saved their money what have they spent where they can save better and make sure small piece of their saving pot is growing i think we have achieved it i think mm. it's fair to say we have achieved it i think that is where we like to go and it is for the people who are still to understand what personal finances means love it thank you shitrush very much for joining me today it's inspiring to hear your work on this new mission now and i'm sure we're going to catch up in the future on this again and wish you all the best for refine for the next months and years and decades so thank you very much thank you so much marco really appreciate having you sorry having me here really appreciate your time and some really amazing question always a pleasure and honor to be speaking to you and look forward to catching up hopefully in india this time with you yeah i'll try to come by at some point thank you chitrash thanks marco thanks for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe share the episode leave us a review and consider becoming a supporter on buymeacoffee.com/impacthustlers this means a lot to me thank you very much for tuning in and see you next time bye